What's up ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja. This podcast is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales online. So why oh why in this episode have we brought in Andrew Bennett, who is a public speaker? What does that have to do with digital marketing? Well, it turns out quite a lot, actually, because obviously we're doing things like YouTube videos, we're doing podcast interviews, Facebook Live, all of this stuff requires the skills of public speaking. So being able to present effectively, knowing how long to talk for when you're being interviewed and not boring people, using very tone of voice to keep your audience's attention, right? Just look, taking attention as one little thing there. People's attention is so fragmented online. So anytime we're in front of them, whether it's speech or whether it's video, we need to make sure that we're keeping them and we've got that, their eyes and ears locked on us. So that's why Andrew's here to talk about public speaking. And he's super experienced in this area. So he talks us through you know, how to be more interesting when you're talking, how to get over the fear of doing impromptu presentations like Facebook Live, how to prepare for things like webinars and seminars where you're going to need to have prepared content and also how to do things like audio interviews where it's just your voice that's doing the communication. So I really hope that you get a lot out of this interview. And don't forget, if you want some free help with your digital marketing from some of the UK's top experts, then my company Exposure Ninja offers this free of charge. So if you go to our website, you'll see that there's an option to claim a free marketing review. Now in this free marketing review, one of our expert marketing strategists will take a look at your website. They'll deconstruct how you're getting traffic and sales to your site. They'll also point out any things that might be blocking conversions, so blocking sales from your site. But we'll also have a look at what your competitors are doing. How are they generating their traffic? How are they generating their sales? They'll take all of this information and put it into a 20 minute video, taking you through a custom plan that you can follow to get more leads and sales from the internet. So completely free of charge, there's no obligation. It's not some thinly disguised sales pitch or any of that. So if you wanna check this out, head over to exposureninja.com forward slash review. That's exposureninja.com forward slash review. Andrew, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Tim. Good to speak to you today. So you're from Toastmasters, and I think I know Toastmasters from various audio books where they're talking about how to become a really effective public speaker. Uh, perhaps you could give us a bit of a, a bit more detailed introduction as to what Toastmasters is all about. Okay, so Toastmasters International are public speaking clubs. And we offer a training program. It's a kind of continued professional development where we help people to develop their speaking skills. The people who come and join our clubs, some of them are very scared beginners. We take people right from the, the very beginning and we take them through and we help them to develop their skills. And indeed, some of them end up being very skilled professional presenters in the end. So it's, it's great fun. And there's a terrific social life attached to it too. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, you're on the Exposure Ninja digital marketing podcast. So not traditional public speaking, but actually when we were talking earlier, there's so much crossover, isn't there, between the old style of public speaking, standing on a stage in front of people and what a lot of business owners are having to do day to day, whether it's making YouTube videos or doing podcasts like this or doing presentations in a seminar. So Actually, it feels like the, the skills that Toastmasters cultivates are finding a new application for people who maybe wouldn't have considered themselves to be public speakers. Do you think that's fair? 
Absolutely. There are lots and lots of situations in which you, as someone who is involved in marketing, could be involved in presenting uh, lots of different formats that you now use digital formats, Facebook Live, for instance, we're going to talk about a bit later, webinars, YouTube videos, uh, as well as the more classic presentations where you go into a room and uh, you speak and share with a group of people. And note I say speak and share with. Uh, I really encourage people to adopt that notion because it's a much better notion for marketing, I think, rather than talking at people. You know, we're not going into the realm of talking at people with our public speaking. We're actually sharing with them, bringing them in to our message and our message of whatever we're marketing. That's a really interesting point. And I think as particularly with my world and digital marketing, one of, and, and actually with any business owner, the more experience and the more knowledge they have about their topic, I think they can tend to get sucked into like you say, I've got this kind of script that I'm going to go through and I'm just going to talk about my thing. And they don't, the audience is kind of incidental. They're there, but they're not really the focus of the presentation. You know, how do you identify if somebody might need to work on their presentation skills? How does someone know if this needs to be a focus? Well, the very telltale signs, uh, I'm a professional public speaking coach and I'm, I'm a voice specialist. So for me, the very telltale signs are in the voice, actually. You know, the voice carries your message. It sets up whether we're going to trust you or not, actually. And if we trust you, then we're more likely to, to purchase whatever you're marketing. So I would say the telltale signs would be, for instance, folks who have a very monotonous voice. It stays on one level. It's a bit disinterested. Folks who mumble. You know, mumbling quite often, actually, is a sign that people are rather embarrassed and about speaking. It doesn't give a very confident approach when you're trying to market something. Another thing would be people have very, very nervous speech, very jaunty speech, because they're, you know, they're, they're so scared about speaking in public. And uh, so those are really the, uh, and of course, the last one being the folks who are too scared to say anything at all, <laughs> not out of it, just absolutely terrified. And if you're in that category, I want to tell you, it's absolutely all right. And it is possible to improve. And we're going to talk about that a little bit during this podcast. So uh, it is possible to improve and it's okay to be scared. <laughs> yeah, it's completely natural, isn't it? Every, I, you know, I think everybody is scared, doesn't matter how many presentations you've done, you still feel that little sense of anticipation, those little butterflies just before you stand on the stage. Actually, I think that little buzz, the thing that you call the butterflies, Tim, I think that little buzz is quite important because I think it helps you to do your, your job well as a presenter in that context. I think you have to have that little bit of extra energy and awareness to take your message and to share it with the audience. Uh, the only work place where it becomes a problem is obviously if the nerves become really, really extreme and really stop you from concentrating and doing your best. But the key actually to that is to be really inside your message. You were talking earlier on uh, about you know, awareness of your topic and your subject. And that is really crucial. You know, salespeople call it product knowledge, don't they? And, and it, the more you know your topic, the easier you will find with a little practice that it is to share. Yeah, that's really interesting. So what, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about, I guess, different categories of speaking that, that business owners and marketers might do today. So we're going to start off with everybody's worst nightmare, the impromptu presentation, right? Which is 
you know, Facebook Live, as marketers, we know that it's a really effective channel. The reach on Facebook is absolutely massive. If you wanted to get in front of your target audience as quickly as possible, Facebook Live is the way to do it. Number of business owners using Facebook Live, pretty much none of them. <laughs> so, and, and it's because it's the fear of this impromptu presentation, isn't it? So how do we start to chip away at that? How do you, how do you absolutely. think? Absolutely. Now, impromptu speaking, the first thing to say is actually, probably when you look at it, it's the prepared speaking that is a little bit more abnormal, if you'd like to use that term. And the impromptu speaking is entirely normal because think of the situations in your daily life. For instance, someone walks up to you in the street and they're looking for directions to somewhere. You might stop for a second and think so that you can direct them in the best way, but you would find an answer to them. Um, you're going to buy a coffee and someone asks you what kind of coffee you want or whether you want sugar in it or syrup or something, you know, those terrible things. Um, <laughs> you know, there are lots of situations where you have to respond. People pose you a question, you respond. That's impromptu speaking, actually. So we all impromptu speak in our daily lives an awful lot. It's just the context that changes. Obviously, if you're going into a presentation on Facebook Live where, where you're presenting a marketing, whatever you are actually marketing at that time, obviously it takes an, an importance and therefore maybe we tend to tighten up. But there is a way of tackling impromptu speaking. And I want to suggest a little exercise for you today, Tim. So um, I like people to have exercises and things to do. Okay, to practice. Because practice makes really makes the difference here. I would like you, for instance, to take one minute, and, and it can be everybody can do this in their home, you know, just choose a quiet place and just talk for about one minute, first of all, on yourself. So you could talk about anything, you know, where you were born, things you like, the things, you know, sports you like, uh, any, anything. Just talk about yourself, your interests one minute have a little timing device by you some little clock or maybe there's a clock on the wall and just allow yourself to talk for a minute because this is an icebreaker it's allowing you to make the first step and what's more i'm allowing you to make the first step on your own in the confines of your own room so it's not scary <laughs> okay that's the first thing then have a little break and then after about a minute maybe you could pick up an, a news headline or could be a line out of a book or something, and just have another go and talk about that as a topic for a minute. doesn't matter what you say. Go with the first idea. This is just to get used to speaking. And we're timing always to a minute to start off with because I want to give you the sensation of how long a minute is, okay? If we were talking amongst our friends, a minute would go past in a flash. But it's true that when we're actually practicing impromptu speaking in this manner, that we need to get used to the feel of timing. And if we get used to the feel of timing, that will help with the folks who are at the other end of the, of the scene. You know, some people are very scared of speaking, but other people just find it hard to stay on topic and they just mm -hmm. ramble. <laughs> so if I can get you the feeling of time to start out with, that's going to help. We're really breaking the ice in two directions, getting words out of our mouths and getting a sense of timing that gives us already a little bit of structure. So there you are, that's the second uh, attempt. And now we have a little minutes break again. And then I would like you to talk about something you are marketing for a minute or, or something connected to your marketing career. By doing this, I've taken you in three stages actually. You know, we start out talking about yourself, 
which is always a very it's it's always a very easy thing for people to do. There's always something to say. We've looked at a another topic that's not related, but just use it for practice. And now we're actually going into the talking about your marketing. So already I'm moving you from yourself towards being audience focused mm. and the topic that you're going to share. So that's like a little building bridge. And, you know, you could do that exercise in about six minutes and you can repeat it as often as you like over a few days. You can extend the timing so that maybe you try and speak for a minute and a half or two minutes. You know, it's just building you up for those impromptu situations like a Facebook Live where, you know, obviously you want to be able to keep flow, keep the flow of the speech and uh, not uh, dry up. It feels like this is one of those things, I, I don't know if you agree, but there is so much about confidence because like you say, we're used to impromptu speaking the whole time. We never prepare the greetings that we give our friends when we see them. And, and yet when we're in a situation where whatever we say is going to be on record, we become so critical, so self-critical compared to, you know, if you're watching a Facebook live presentation, nobody, you know, you never judge the person, do you? Because it's live, it's impromptu. You don't expect it to be perfect. And yet when we do it ourselves, you know, it's the same with the podcast recordings. I'll finish an interview with someone and they'll go, oh, I'm so sorry. I I know I was rambling or, oh, can we edit out that answer? I know that was bad. It's like, Dude, you, you just don't just treat yourself as you would be treating someone else. And then you stop becoming so self-critical and getting all, you know, lack of confidence and all of this stuff, which just seems to end up in this horrible negative cycle. I think that's very true. Um, I think part of the problem is the voice inside our heads. Now, if you are really focused on the message and on your audience, on sharing with your audience, then you take the attention off yourself and into the message and into what you're doing. So you will reduce your self-consciousness automatically mm. because you've got to focus and, and you're concentrated on that focus. And, and it will make, certainly it will make speaking more, public speaking more easy for you. And obviously the other thing is that the more you practice public speaking, the more situations you go into where you can be speaking, the better you will get at this because it is an acquired skill. You know, it does take practice. And uh, but I, I do think you're right that people tend to talk to themselves inside their heads in a very negative manner. And, you know, you can't be presenting and assessing yourself at the same time, can you really, Tim? <laughs> when you think about it, it no. doesn't work. Because it's like, that's what we call the double dialogue, you know. It's, it's going to throw your brain into disorder if you try to do it. And it's going to make you nervous. You have to be focused in the message of your marketing and in sharing for that particular audience. And hopefully, you know, obviously on a Facebook Live, your audience is very wide. It's difficult to anticipate entirely what they want. In a more prepared context, maybe you know who the audience is going to be. And you've geared a little bit towards them in advance. Great segue there, Andrew, into prepared speaking. So online, this might be stuff like webinars or we're recording a YouTube video. So I guess there's there's the speaking part, but there's also preparing what we're going to say. Do you have any suggestions on how we can make sure we're creating exactly. a compelling exactly. presentation? Yeah. So you need to prepare in advance. Now, the basic format for any presentation is actually to have a nice clear beginning. In the middle, you maybe develop a maximum of three points 
and then a nice clear ending. Perhaps your particular marketing pitch doesn't quite fit that, but that's a kind of basic and ideal structure. It can be moved around a little bit, but it's a kind of structure that allows your audience to take in the message. Everything has got to be to be presented so that the message gets through that you're marketing. So that's the basic structure. Uh, in terms of the actual presentation, uh, for instance, if you are speaking over a musical background, it goes without saying that so that we can receive your voice properly, you've got to have the volume levels adjusted correctly um, for in, in terms of the rapport of speech and music if you have something going on in the background, okay? Another thing I would say is I'm coming back to this point of you are sharing with people. You are speaking with them. You're in conversational tone. Whatever you do, please don't go into those. I'm, I'm sure we've all seen YouTube videos where people just sit and talk at the audience. Mm. And it's a little bit spooky. You know, they tend to be presenters have the bulgy eyes. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure you've seen videos yeah. like this. People just talking at the audience. I, I always find that very, very spooky. I like to feel that the person is, is sharing with me. They're sharing their ideas. So be very conscious of that, particularly in, in, in the YouTube videos. Uh, I think that, that that is crucial. And you know, again, for keeping attention, use this basic structure I'm giving you. Voice, well, obviously, it's difficult. The way you speak in a large room full of people maybe obviously is slightly different to the way you would speak if you're speaking into camera because the camera is that it's that bit more intimate but as i say if you think that this is conversational tone think of sharing with one person just think you're sharing your idea with one person you know, i think that would bring some warmth into your tone as well and and, and a bit better of a link of communication because I guess to the visitor, it feels like a one-on-one -on -one conversation, doesn't it? So if you're projecting like you'd be projecting to a room, there's a bit of a disconnect there. It doesn't feel quite right. That's right. That's that's really the point I'm, I'm, I'm sharing here, that it, it just wouldn't quite... You know, speaking is different in the different contexts. If you're going to do a presentation in a, in a large room, then you use what I, what I call an amplified conversational tone. It's It's just slightly bigger than normal because it encompasses the space of the room that you're filling and, and maybe the slight distance of the audience from you as well. Uh, so, and that goes for your body language as well. But in, in the case of a film where everything is so much more intimate and, and closer, then yes, I, I, want to, I want someone to share with me their message, their idea, their proposition, marketing proposition in, in a warm manner, in a very approachable manner. You know, I want to... I want to feel, going back to what you were saying earlier on, I want to feel that they know their topic. I really want to feel that. And I, I think that if you can just bring those elements together, then you have a much more successful video at the end of it. Something really will, will draw people in. So I guess what we're saying here, which is a little bit like what we're saying with the impromptu thing, is actually you know, take the pressure off yourself. Just because there's a camera, it doesn't mean that you need to be any different to if you're just talking to someone sat across the table. Exactly. Now, I know that it's practicing because, you know, when people start first start doing things with cameras and being recorded, then quite, it's quite natural. Again, you know, I said at the beginning, it's, no, it's all right to be scared. Um, it's quite normal as well for people to try to put on a persona. Yes. To become someone else in front of the camera. And... <laughs> 
actually, when you try to become someone else in front of the camera, you diminish your message. Your message passes best through you. Hmm. Now, that means that you've got to develop that little bit of confidence in yourself. It takes time, as I say, and it takes practice. But I, I do think it's true because we, what we're talking about now is actually authenticity you know, and your ethos. The thing that makes us, again, trust you, the thing that makes you as a person, that means that you can share with us whatever message you have. So I think that's really, I do think that's crucial. And I think, as I say, the more you practice, you know, at least when you're making a film, you've got several attempts to do it. And yeah. You can just view things back and uh, and realise and, and get to the stage where, now I'm going to be careful because we're going to talk about relaxation here. I don't want it to be so relaxed that you're not alert enough to get your message across. But there has you have to be comfortable in the context so that you're focusing on the message. How's that? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think this that really is really nicely onto the next thing that we we're going to talk about, which is podcasts and audio interviews, uh-huh. which I guess is 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 kind of the same, but because there's an or there's an interview element, it's maybe slightly different. You know, the difference between when I'm interviewing someone who's an experienced interviewee like yourself and when I'm interviewing someone who's maybe really good at the technical side but has not done too many interviews is is very stark and the amount of editing that's required on one versus the other is is completely different. So do you have any suggestions for people who are going into an interview or into some sort of audio only? Audio, audio interview, your voice is key here. So first of all, I want you to warm up your voice before you go. Now, one of the nicest ways to do that uh, is actually, for instance, you can do some nice relaxed humming. Choose your favourite song. I don't know what your favourite group is, but you can do a little bit of humming just to get a bit of buzz and resonance and warmth into your voice. That's a a useful thing to do. Uh, You need to be aware that your voice only works well when there is humidity. So you need to take a little bottle of water with you. And actually, um, studios, recording studios, can be quite dry places. So that is key. Make sure that you have water and you take regular sips to make sure you're well hydrated for the voice to work efficiently. Another thing that I think is is key is clarity. Uh, We all have accents from wherever we've come from. Accents are not frightening things. Everybody has an accent of some sort. What we're really aiming at in in these sorts of presentations is clarity and the expression of the the message. So you you might, as you're warming up, you've done a little bit of humming, you might uh, patter a few consonants. There you are, I'll give you a little diction exercise. You can have pitter-patter, didder-dadder, and bitter-batter. That's quite a good combination. Pitter patter, did a dada, did a dada, pitter batter, pitter batter. You've got the B's, you've got the D's, you've got the T's. Um, it's just about, I don't want you spitting into the microphone, certainly, but it's about having a little bit of clarity in, in the voice as you go. Now, one thing I did want to say was that if you have an accent and you've been told by people when you've given presentations that they find your accent quite heavy. Um, and you've been told that several times, that can be quite demoralizing for you. And I would say that in those situations, then you can maybe go and have a little chat with a a professional voice coach, someone like me, a public speaking coach, and they will help you 
to work on something we call accent reduction. But that is, as I say, only if you're in a situation where people say, well, you know, really, I do find you very hard to understand. Um, so that you don't get demoralized as a speaker, it might be worth going and seeing and having a chat with someone in that context. But as I say, the overall aim is to have clarity and expression so that you can get your message across. If your voice is warmed up, you know, imagine your interview's coming early in the morning. Well, we all know that when we wake up in the morning, our voices are a little bit dry and and um, you know, voices dry a little bit at night and a little bit of maybe a little bit of guitar around and things. Yeah. You know, so you want to warm up your voice before you go into the studio. It already gives you and gives your audience a, a more of a feeling of confidence in the message you're going to put across. There's, there's a feeling of confidence in that, you know. So uh, that is what I would say about about this kind of interview. Again, be very careful with structure. Hopefully, uh, in, in an interview context, there will be some sort of prearranged idea of planning. If it is entirely impromptu, well, we practice the impromptu skills earlier on. It's just a, a different context. That's all. This is true. This is true. How about tips for, you know, particularly with podcasts, it can be difficult to know how long the answer should be. And, you know, some people, guy I was just interviewing just now, very, very, very long answers. I probably needed to ask him three questions in 45 minutes. Yeah. Maybe a little bit too long. Have you got any suggestions on how people should think about, you know, the the flow of the interview? I think, again, that getting to the point can be practiced. <laughs> I really do. Um, and in fact, one of the ways of you know, we, we talked earlier on about taking a topic and speaking for a minute, and that, that would help to train you to a feeling of time and then gradually expanding the time and getting a notion of time. It is important. I think also, actually, you can have a lot of fun. I mean, there are games where, like 20 questions or whatever, where you have to you have to give fairly succinct answers. You know, try and make this fun for yourself. Okay, going into a public speaking context maybe seems daunting, but it can be fun. It can be, you can make this engaging. So I would say, yeah, you, you, you will, the more you practice, the more hopefully you will learn to stick to your topic and to get to the nitty gritty, trying, really trying not to go around the houses to get there. <laughs> that's that's a really good point. And, you know, like you've done a bit here, you can you can also tease other angles and leave them for the interviewer to pick up. Because if you also think about, you know, the interviewer, they're they're on a journey with you and it's their job to kind of direct the conversation, isn't it? So you know, you don't have to share everything you know about a topic in each answer. You can say something and say, oh, and there's also this, and then move on, knowing that the interviewer, if they're listening and not just playing on their phone or something, they're going to pick up on that, and then that will make a logical follow-up question. That's right. It's allowing yourself to be guided. You can. You can just drop in these little little ideas, and, and then, as you say, a skilled interviewer will pick up on those anyway, and you'll be able to enlarge on the idea. No, that, that's absolutely right. It is It is a dialogue. It's a sharing again. It's, an, you know, it's a different sort of sharing. It's a sharing situation where the audience is listening in. <laughs> so uh, so it's just a, different, uh, just a different way of connecting up the communication again. It's a three-way communication, if you like. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You, you spoke a bit about tone of voice and, and varying tone. I think one of the 
things that people who've taken a bit of voice coaching kind of makes them stand out a mile is when they're artificially raising and lowering the tone and, and it just comes across a little bit unnatural. So how do we make a balance between trying to use all of our new public speaking chops and just being ourselves? Right. Now, you are quite right. It can be terribly stilted when, for instance, someone says, oh, well, your voice is a little bit flattened out. Can you try and get more variety? And people will try and raise their pitch and then lower their pitch and go all over the place. And it's got nothing to do with the message. The only way that you can really find the best tone for your voice and the most apt tone for expression is to be inside your message because your message should help you to find the right pitch level for each section of your of your of your speech or, or whatever presentation you're doing now in general one of the things actually i meant to mention when we were talking about the um, youtube videos is that quite often people are reading into the screen as well and i would say you need to have a better grasp of your material rather than just reading it out word for word as if you were on a teleprompter, which does tend to drain out uh, vocal variety. But when we come to practicing for different qualities and tones in our voice, then I would say it's quite useful to do reading aloud practice. So you can pick up what you like, a paragraph of a book, a paragraph from a newspaper, anything. You read it through to yourself once, and then you read it aloud. Take a little break, read the passage through again to yourself silently, Look for the meaning in the passage. You're always reading for the meaning. This is the way the exercise works. Read for the meaning. So read it through, see what the idea of the author is behind those words, and then maybe try it again. So that's reading aloud practice. It's very useful for developing a wider range because a lot of our daily speech tends to be fairly mundane. You know, it's, it sits on one level. Mm. You want your voice to be more exciting for your presentations. Then you do need to practice and go into a context uh, words-wise where, where the words are more expressive, maybe a bit more exciting vocabulary-wise, just so that you can practice. So that is one thing. Um, the other thing that uh, is really useful, and those of us that uh, have had children would know about this, but even the aunts and uncles and grands and granddads know about this one, is doing stories with all the voices. <laughs> uh, now, that is just, it's great fun. So maybe you haven't got a a niece or nephew nearby or or someone to tell stories to. But actually, even adult storytelling evenings are great fun. So just to that that's another idea I have for you is that you could maybe practice storytelling and, and working on character voices a little bit as well, just to open up the range of your voice. Afterwards, you're going to come back into your normal conversational tone, which you'll be doing for your presentations and recordings, but you'll have gained something, a bit of richness just because you've experimented. That's interesting. That's like when you, I'm a, you used to be a professional drummer and you quite often play along with completely different styles, like extreme styles, right? Jazz or really heavy metal. And then you come back to your normal stuff and you'd find that you have little bits of different skills that you've picked up along the way. So I guess it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? You're going really far so that when you come back, you bring a little bit of that with you. That's it. And it, and it just... It means that the voice is livened up. But as I say, the, the key is really being involved and engaged in your message, which should you know, help you to stay on the right levels of pitch as you go. Um, but it's useful to experiment. You know, uh, I, I really encourage that practice, 
experiment, just try things out a little bit, just to widen your scope and your range. And I think, I don't know if you agree, but I think there's also a massive part, which is just take the pressure off yourself and accept that your first 10 podcast interviews or your first 10 videos or your first 10 speeches or whatever are going to be complete rubbish, boring and terrible. And that's fine. You're just going to get through them and you're just going to keep going. It doesn't have to be amazing on your first one, does it? No, absolutely not. It's a question, as I say, of getting out there and getting the experience. And it's quite true that people, when they first hear their voices on a recording, they loathe it, you know, (laughs) just, oh, do I really sound like that? Because the way I hear myself is not the way the audience hears me. It's all about the way sound is conducted to our eardrums and everything. So, you know, we don't hear our voices as others hear them. And it can be quite a a shocker when you first hear yourself speaking on a recording. And you have to get a little bit used to that. But I, I think that it's okay. Yes, as you say, take the pressure off yourself. You know, it's okay to have a go at something. And maybe the first few times you only get part way there, really. But gradually you will extend, extend your knowledge, extend your ability in, the, in that context of speaking. And in the end, you'll be, you'll be quite happy and we'll be getting more of your message passing through you. And the focus, as I say, the focus is always the message and the audience. But we have you as comfortable delivering that message. That would be my aim for, for everybody in this context, really, that you should be feeling comfortable in the delivery of the message so that the message goes across and is shared. That's a really good point. So last question then before we wrap up, this has been really, really interesting. This last question is a toughie. I know we have a lot of marketing managers listening. And also I know that there's a fair few videographers who often have to go into a situation where they're videoing someone else. And and the execution of whatever that person is saying might not be optimal. If I'm standing in front of someone and I've got a a camera and I'm about to record them and their presentation's a little bit flat, how can I immediately make them amazing at speaking? (laughs) Tim, there are no quick fixes. Sorry. What? (laughs) There are no quick fixes. But yes, we we can certainly pick things up a little bit. I made you a little bit more aware today. So you have, you're already, you're going away from this podcast, I hope, with a little bit more knowledge or, or another way of thinking than you have before. It's possible, for instance, obviously it's practice really that, that, that makes the difference. But I think if you really focus in on this idea for your, whoever you're coaching, that they are sharing with, you know, sharing with the audience, not talking at then that is going to make a big difference straight away. I think that's key. And I think that uh, you, know, you should already find a difference. Um, maybe you can uh, you can practice what's going to go on on that, on that video just in a, in a one-to-one situation where they simply speak to you before the camera goes on. That, that would be, I would say, that's where I would start out. One-to-one, just sharing before the camera goes on then you might want to try with the camera, see how it goes. Above all, this idea that we're sharing our message, we're sharing what we have to say with the audience, we're not talking at them. <laughs> yeah, Because it does, it makes such a difference to the final presentation. It really does, doesn't it? We were actually, um, we were recording a, a promotional video tail end of last year and 
I noticed that the video guys were using a really neat trick. They'd get the person to rehearse what they were going to say a few times and they'd just leave the camera rolling. And inevitably it was one of those rehearsal takes, which I'd end up using instead of the, <laughs> you know, the final take where the person just crumbles and puts on this crazy video voice and it all just falls apart. <laughs> so exactly. Guess. But that's, that's one of the things that you can do. I mean, that's just a little, it's a little bit cheeky, but yes, why not? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's cheeky, but it's, it's a way, it's a way of helping people over that uh, little, little issue. So, uh, well, yes, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Perfect. Andrew, this has been absolutely fascinating and um, really, yeah, really, really interesting insight into, into public speaking, which I think is, uh, is due a bit of a renaissance because of so much present- presenting and content marketing and all of this stuff. Where can people find out a bit more about you and Toastmasters? Okay, so Toastmasters International Clubs, you will be very thrilled to know, are all over Great Britain. They're all over the world. We have lots of clubs, uh, for instance, in London, but also elsewhere in the UK. And if you look online at toastmasters.org, you can even look up the club that is nearest to you. Don't be frightened to go along. Everybody has walked through the door for the first time, everybody that's in the meeting. They know what it's like. Even if you are the most timid speaker, they will have absolutely all the time in the world for you and i promise you you'll have a great time at the meeting because it's it's um highly energized and great fun it's very engaging it's a nice atmosphere for you to practice your public speaking in so that's a good thing uh, obviously the other approach is, is to come maybe some people prefer to come for sessions with a voice coach or a public speaking coach like myself that's great and uh, so i'm andrew p bennett and people can find me online and uh, I would say maybe a mixture of both, actually, if, if you really want to go very seriously into the into this kind of marketing presenting, I would say, that you, you, yes, go for a mixture of both. But uh, do find out about your Toastmaster club that's near to you and uh, go along and, and join in. Go along and meet them. As I say, there's a terrific social life to it as well. <laughs> we're, not all, we're not all serious. <laughs> too much seriousness makes jack a dull boy so there you <laughs> exactly and there's something <laughs> like this where it feels scary to volunteer to talk on a stage right why would anybody ever do that but it's that scary stuff that's probably where the most growth is going to come from isn't it exactly exactly and the more you practice it and if you practice in a nice learning environment where people are supportive and they're going to give you feedback on what you've done and that feedback is geared to bringing the best out of you, you know, and it's good to your individuality as a person as well. Your individuality as a speaker counts for an awful lot. And uh, so everything is geared to helping you achieve whatever goal you've set for yourself, which is nice. Fantastic. Exactly. What a great way to round up. So thank you, Andrew, so much for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. You're welcome, Tim. It's been great. 